Welcome to Emotional Detox. My name is Sherri Anna, and I'm so glad that you are here today. And I'm checking in with you guys. You're going to be getting this right during the whole coronavirus thing. And I want to remind you that I have some meditations, a, a group of meditations on my website, which is sherriannaboyle.com. So if you're feeling high levels of anxiety, which a lot of people are right now. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknown. Feel free to head over to my website, again, at sherriannaboyle.com and get those meditations. They're very inexpensive and it's a nice way to support yourself during this time period. In addition, I have a special guest here today and I'm really, really excited about this. If you are someone that doesn't feel well, maybe you've got anxiety, maybe you have some physical ailments, maybe you have inflammation that's showing up through allergies. Well, I've got an expert on all of this. Not only does she know how to help you, how to heal people, but also she's done an incredible incredible amount of research on where to go and what to do. And her name is Emily A. Francis, and she is the author of a new book, which is on pre-order right now, and it's called Whole Body Healing. Create your own path to physical, emotional, energetic, and spiritual wellness. Again, it's on pre-order. And if you pre-order, you're going to get it in early May. And it's really important that we support her today. This book is really life-changing. I just want to welcome you, Emily, to Emotional Detox. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Oh, you're welcome. So let me just say a little bit about who, who she is. She has a background in exercise science and, and wellness from Jacksonville State University. She's got a master's degree in physical education, human performance concentration. She's a graduate from the Atlanta School of Massage and Clinical and Neuromuscular Therapy. She's gone on to specialize. She's trained with the best of the best. She's trained in, in manual lymphatic drainage, decongestive therapy. She's got lots of letters behind her name there. She's got TMJ training. So if you suffer from that, she's your girl. She also has some significant training in yoga and some very specific styles of yoga that are known to be extremely therapeutic. She, again, craniosacral therapy up the wazoo with certified pediatric massage therapist. And on top of it all, she also is a Reiki master. I might add that she is a mom and we have a very special story to share there for you. So she has a ton of knowledge. And I, again, want to say her book is called Whole Body Healing and it's available right now. So Emily. Yes. <laughs> Oh boy. First, let's start with this whole body healing. What, what do you mean by that? And I know, by the way, she's written five other books. The last two are really your big, your big books, right? Your big books. And they kind of go together. Tell us about whole body healing, this, this whole concept. So in my research and in my view, in order to achieve lasting and sustainable healing from any situation. And that doesn't mean you're going to have recovery. Okay. This means you might have recovery. There are miracle stories all over the world on healing. My calling, my personal calling in the world is to research around the world, what healing opportunities are out there and then present them without an attachment 
to what you choose. Because I believe that there are different aspects or different layers to the body. So the physical body is completely different, even though we're all encased in the one body, you would go to a general practitioner or a specialist or a surgeon or massage or chiropractic. Those treat your physical body. But if it's an emotional issue, you go to a therapist, you go to a psychologist, a psychiatrist if you need medicine, psychotherapist, you talk there. There's so many therapies under that umbrella. And then your energy body, and in the States especially, we miss that your energy body is honestly, in my opinion, where your magic keys live. This is the subtle body. This is what people call the subtle body, but this is where the miracles live. And we miss it so many times in this country because we don't talk about energy. In fact, I've had people say, you've compromised my practice by saying the word energy, so I can't come back to you. And it's like, well, then bye, because this is a (laughs) thing. You can figure out your own way, but you can call it your subtle body. You can call it, they've now done new words to replace the word energy in the West because we're so narrow in our understanding. So they have all these new um, double helix. Oh, what's the new scalar energy? They talk about different things, but it's your energy body. That's what you're treating. And that requires a different group of technicians that understand that part of your body and then the spiritual body. And what I mean by that is I'm not stepping in or out of a religious context. I'm talking about your connection to something that is bigger than you, however you perceive that. But don't leave that out because for me, to do prayer and to do meditation gives me that edge to figure out what's the next best step for this particular situation instead of getting lost with all my friends that don't know anything more than I do. And then they start using that word that I hate, should. You should do this. You should eat that. You should go here. You should do that. That can be so confusing that I consider it on a healing path, like you're stuck in a cul-de-sac and you're just doing circles because everybody's inundating you. This is why I also advocate if you're trying to do a big healing or you're trying to manifest something great, Do not put it out until it's in action or has happened. Don't put it all over your social sites going, I'm going to write a book. Don't do that because then people take away the energy that you're supposed to be holding tight to the best to build with. So the spiritual part, the spiritual body, the connection, it's between you and God, however you want to perceive that. And if you're only someone that's willing to go to church, great, go there and pray, ask for some answers. But the difference between prayer and meditation or centering is that prayer, you're, you're, constantly, you're the talker, but in meditation, you're the listener. You know, there's a quote by Lily Tomlin that says, why is it when I talk to God, I'm spiritual, but when God talks back, I'm schizophrenic, (laughs) right? (laughs) I love that. You have to be open for the universe to answer you back. And that involves a lot of quiet time, a lot of dreams, a lot of prayers, a lot of being open to receive. And it might come from a person. You know, we might have just met two weeks ago and we might turn around and go, hey, you know what? Have you heard of this kind of healing? Then I know that that's a way that the answer is being brought to me. But if you go through especially significant needs for healing, let's say real illness, you can't afford to go in with blinders. And you also can't afford to only go one way. So you can't just decide that the allopathic Western is the only way. It's a great way. And you can't just decide the holistic is the only way because we really need to intertwine both. And I feel like my job and the reason that I wrote this book was to put out as much information under each of those body aspects as possible. And then whatever you choose, that's on you. I love it. 
I love it because a lot of times you'll go to one approach and then they'll knock the other approach. Do right. You find that? Right. And all the time. Yeah. They say, oh, you know, exactly. And so, and so what you're doing is you're informing people. So people are clear that when you pick up this book and I don't have it yet because I, I've already ordered it, but I'm looking forward to it because it's going to be a reference, correct? Your video, here it is. <laughs> I have one oh, of the only body feeling. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing that you guys need to know. She's done the research with this non-judgment, not my method is the best. You've also have been trained in so many different things. And I think that helps when you research. There's a big difference between researching when you've been trained in something than just researching because you're interested in something, right? It's totally true. You see it differently. I even learned, I got my master's degree. I graduated last December. So I did it from home. Uh, for three years. I did it very slow. I did one semester at a time and only the last two semesters I took two classes. I really took my time on this, but we had to do clinical research every week for health and wellness. And we had to learn what each research really is. And then we had to come up and write our own thesis and gather you know, data. And I offer what I learned in the book. So we even do a part on data collecting and what different studies mean. Because even this, I didn't even know this till I was reading this and being part of the autism community. And that is, if it's a government granted study, then they are required by law to write who backs the study. But if it's a private study, so if you have the big pharma behind you doing these studies, by law, you don't have to disclose who your doctors are, what your foundation is. You don't have to say who backed it. So a lot of times, and I don't mean to be narrow, but a lot of times the people that are pushing the recovery are also pushing the pill. So uh-huh. and it's funded. So the research that they send out is funded by their doctors. Yeah. So even understanding to question research, because we see these things and take it as fact. Yes. And it's not always. So yeah. I even do that. Like, here's some questions to ask when you're approaching research, because when you do get a diagnosis, if this is what it is, yeah. when you go to a diagnosis, the first thing people do is they go to Dr. Google and they say, all right, what is it? And oh, yeah. then they're terrified. And then yeah. they have to start breaking it down and then they have to go to specialists. But even that, there's even doctors that are very guilty of not sending you to the specialist and just sort of giving you a, I think it probably is this. You're probably fine. You know, any of those words of it might be likely, probably, those are dangerous. Those are dangerous things to hang your health on. So your job is to be your advocate. But if you don't know how to do that, I didn't know how to do that really before I went to my master's and had to do all this research. And I went, holy cow, I was so guilty of being the Facebook poster. I got this. This is what it is. This is the truth. And now, and I go to PubMed site. So I even tell where, like Google Scholar, PubMed, are they on here? I try to do as much valuable research as possible. But then I also say there's a lot of healing that's on Google Quack Watch that is really great healing modalities. But if you look it up, they're going to say, you're crazy, you're quack, you're this, it's voodoo medicine. But guess what? Some of that stuff. It works. Well, that's because you know how to sort through it. Right. And not everybody knows that. And let's face it, when you've been diagnosed or or someone you love received a diagnosis, you're in that emergency mode. You don't know what to do. And sometimes you're paralyzed. And that's why I'm so excited to have you and to talk about your book, because I want you guys to know she's done it. 
She's done it and she's sorted it through and she's got the information. She's got the practice of helping others heal behind her, but she did it with non-judgment. You know, it's kind of funny, Emily, because it was like a year ago. I went and I got my annual doctor's visit and they said, oh, you know, everything looks good. Da, 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 da. I'm just doing my thing. And they said, but your cholesterol is up a little bit. Now that does run in my family. And I said, okay, you know, what do you, what do you recommend for that? And so they gave me a handout. So I had been taking a, a nutraceutical and like a lot of people, you feel good on something and then you're like, yeah, I don't want to pay for that anymore. So I stopped taking it. And it really was great for me to see how much that was helping my cholesterol, right? So I, I took it as, okay, I got to get back on that thing, but I'm always open. What do you have to say? So I get home. I said to my husband, okay, I got this sheet. I pull out the sheet and I start reading what's on the sheet. I'm like, this doesn't match what I know, right? I look at it. It's from 1997. I kid no. you not. I kid you not. It was from my primary care I was like, I said to my husband, will you look at this? This is a sheet from 1997 on foods that we know are good for you now that we used to say are not good for you. So it is so important that we do do our own research. And if I didn't have, I knew to look, you know, to look, right? And that's the thing, but not every woman wants to look. And that's why Emily has done it for you in this book. So- You do want to find, you want to find practitioners that have their finger on the pulse of the latest research. Because honestly, in my head, what I heard when you said that was shame on him. Shame (laughs) on him. That they haven't even updated. That they're not up to date on the latest research enough. You got to keep your finger on that pulse because it changes all the time. What what, we used to think avocados and coconut were terrible. Then we think they're the be all end all. Then they're somewhere in between. Exactly. You you just have to. And that's what we end yeah. Everything I say, you do your research and then you go with your gut. You yeah. have to figure out what works. Some people, acupuncture is the end all. For me, it's the number one place I go immediately. If something's off, I call my acupuncturist. I always go there first because it works so well for me. But I know, I know some people where the needles just don't work. They just don't affect them. Now I've even brought my child to acupuncture and it took a, it took a lot of years for her to finally get needles because my acupuncturist said, I'll treat your child with needles when they're old enough to ask me to treat them with needles. Uh, But if they can't ask me to treat them with needles, then my answer is no. Okay. Let's, let's talk about Emily, because I want people to know also about, I want them to know about your daughter. Um, so tell us briefly about that. And then I really want to talk about emotions because this is emotional detox. And I want you to talk about the memories in the body and how we relieve the memories of emotions. So let's first share about your daughter because it's a really powerful thing. So on my website, Emily A, like Apple, afrancisbooks.com, if you go to media, you can see a video with my children and me telling the whole story. So if you want to hear more of than what I'm just going to introduce, please go to my website and you can see the video. It's very sweet. My child was diagnosed with mild to moderate autism spectrum speech apraxia at the age of three. We enrolled her in an ABA school. It was like sending my child to the military, four hours a day of one-to-one therapy. She had two days a week of speech therapy. We sent in her stool samples to get foods. We did the diet. In the first six months, the only improvement she made developmentally was three months of developmental improvement over a six-month time. So she's developing half of a neurotypical child. 
the following six months, the only additions that we added was craniosacral therapy and NAET came after that, which was from a naturopath. She had a a 14-month development in a six-month time. 14 months development in a six month time. And then they would say, oh, she had 17 months development in a year. He was like, yeah, but let's look at that a little more finite. Let's talk about not 17 months in a year. Yes, that's true. But 14 of those 17 months were in a six month time with healing modalities that aren't covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. Let's just call a spade a spade. I found them because my book, The Body Heals Itself, all about your muscles and why we carry pain where we parent. I met with an acupuncturist. I was telling him all about my book and he goes, you don't know enough about fascia. You keep talking about the muscles and you're not including fascia. You need to go someplace like the Upledger Institute in Florida and talk to them about craniosacral therapy and fascia. Hmm. So I email them for months. I'm chasing them down. They finally asked me to send a chapter in my table of contents and they agree to meet with me. When I got there, the place was wall-to-wall children. And I was like, gosh, why are there so many children here? And they're like, oh, people fly from all over the world. We help with autism spectrum disorders. I was like, oh my God, you have to treat my child right now. I mean, I went crazy. And then they actually paid for my first level of training so that I would represent them correctly in my book. And then my child, nine months after that first development, they removed her diagnosis in full. She no longer had speech apraxia. She no longer was nonverbal. She no longer demonstrated the behaviors, those things in the frontal lobe that aren't really productive in a child on the spectrum. She started to become empathetic. She started to love dollies and pull little blankies up and take care of them, whereas she used to not. And we have, we have animals, and she never was really into them. And all of a sudden, she's hugging on them and loving on them and aware of more of the world than just me. It was really life-changing, super life-changing. And I actually tracked down who's now my mentor and one of my very best friends, but she has a child with also through craniosacral therapy. And she's now one of the major players in craniosacral therapy for for pediatrics with autism. So I brought her from Wisconsin and now we are like the best of friends. We literally talk every single morning. We call each other. We write articles together. We work together. And she has taught me because what I realized is lymphatic drainage is 15 years of my specialty. Craniosacral requires that kind of time and I don't have. All I care about is treating my child. I'm not in practice at all with craniosacral therapy because it's out of my league, to be honest. It's, it's a brain treatment. It's just a little too out of my league and it's not where I'm pulled. Yeah. But my child goes every month. We have never stopped with craniosacral therapy. Three years later, my child is now seven years old. She got retested through the school system and they, the child psychologist at the school, she goes, I'm sorry, but I've never heard of anyone getting off the spectrum. Can I retest? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you can do any test. You're kidding me. Yeah. And I I signed off and she came back and she goes, I'm up till midnight doing this research on craniosacral therapy because I completely agree with your developmental pediatrician. Your child does not meet any level of a DSM-5 criteria for an autism spectrum disorder. And I've never seen anything like it. And I'm actually in a book coming out by Dr. Andrew McCabe, who has a show on Healthy Life Radio, Autism with Dr. Andy, 34 chapters with 34 experts. And our chapter is on recovery because healing is possible, but nobody gave me that hope. Nobody, nobody sat me down and said, hey, you can have recovery. No one, except for Jenny McCarthy, who people freak out about, but she's the only one that actually said, recovery is possible. And it takes, honestly, it takes two things. It takes a really tenacious family to push these wide things. And I'll be honest, it takes money. Yeah. Yeah. People have to 
who mortgage their homes to pay for the things that are available for the spectrum that aren't covered through insurance that are um, like biomedical piece. So your foods, your medical, your nutrient supplements, you know, that gut is huge. These naturopaths and homeopaths and craniosacral, none of that is covered. So if I weren't in the position that I was in, I don't know what I would have done. And I, and I hate to say it like that, but it's just the truth. Yeah. I, I mean, I hear you. And when, one of my daughters has had medical and I, like you, I've gone outside the box and she's, mm-hmm. and she's got, had great improvement. And, but it's, it's literally, I've had to work my butt off, had to work my butt off mm-hmm. to pay for these additional therapies for her. But it's been really worth it in the end, because when you start seeing that progress and you start seeing that they get their life back, you're like, okay, all right, here, here's why. And, and we went in and out of tried all different things. I wish I had your book. I'm going to be honest with you. Would, I would have probably had a different plan. You know, my daughter, my old, you know, my oldest daughter is, is almost 20 now. So, so, oh, but, yeah. but it's still applicable because now I have, you know, you never stop being a parent. Let's face no, it. No, you don't. <laughs> you never stop being a parent. So let's talk about emotions. Okay. And I, and feel free to tie in anything that you've learned from your daughter, but what is it about emotions and the memories in the body? And, and why is it important to tap into that? This is my life's work. This is what I've been researching for 20 years of my life. So we all know that muscles have memory. We all know that. We understand it. It's a fact. But what we think about with muscles and memory is how to hit a ball, how to walk, how to write. Okay. But your muscles hold every life experience that's ever happened to you, much the way that the mind does. But here's the two differences. The mind has a narrative. It can get a, get a little monkey, monkey mind, right? It has a little animation. The body does not have a narrative. It's a straight shooter, but most people don't know how to even hear the messages. So it tries to communicate with us several ways, way before we ever get sick or off or something injured. The other thing is, let's just go with trauma. Yeah. When a person experiences a trauma, they always talk about, or I don't want to say always, but there's much talk about ejecting their mind from their body so that they could survive. So some people will talk about staring at the ceiling, counting the cracks on the wall, anything that they can do to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people talk about floating above their bodies. Okay. The body doesn't have the eject button. So the body takes in everything that's ever happened. So every point of entry, every time something's gone in, and that also means for the joy. I'm not only talking trauma, it's just easy to explain. So sometimes when you've had the most unbelievable, delightful elation, you know, of your life. It stores in the muscles too. But some people, they just call it soft tissue. But here's where I'm different. I believe the muscles, the the bed of the muscles, the belly of the muscle where it's thick actually holds the the, the memory. I believe that the memories move through fascia, which encase the muscles. But fascia doesn't have oxygen and fascia doesn't have blood flow. And it's where the energy moves. So acupuncture works with fascia but I work with muscle. Now in Chinese medicine, they believe that the blood and plasma are the carriers of memory. The fascia doesn't have blood and plasma. Muscles do. So I believe they're stored in the muscles. They move through the fascia and that cellular memory is all integrated, but not the same either. So as a whole, you can say tissue memory and it's all true, but it's really important to me to differentiate because I think we've missed a really crucial segment in what the body holds and how it holds. So when I'm doing 
let's say this. There's a lot of people for massage that hold uh, a very tight issue, chronic, behind their shoulder blade, usually on their dominant side. Yeah. And they'll come in and they'll go, gosh, every time I get a massage, I feel great for three days. And then it comes back over and over. So yeah. first you have to look at the basics. Are you yeah. carrying a heavy purse? Are you wearing crappy shoes? Are you doing a movement that would cause something, right? You got to go physical first. So eliminate yeah. the easy. Yeah. The emotions is yeah. trail. When you get stabbed in the back, that's where it sits. Yeah. It's behind the heart chakra. It's in that muscle. It's in the muscle of the rhomboid itself. So this yeah. is where I come into play is I know what muscle you're talking about. Instead yeah. of just, oh, there's an area. There's yeah. not an area. There's a specific area. And it's in those fibers and in that belly. So when yeah. you lift that scapula, that shoulder blade, and can get under and yeah. really work that. But if you don't bring in the mind, and you don't bring back the memories, and you don't assess, the, yeah. if you don't allow yourself to gently relive as the observer, then yeah. you can't release. You can't play yeah. dumb to these things and just think, oh, well, you know the muscle. You know where it hurts. Fix. I don't fix anybody. You fix yourself. There is no quick fix. So you have to be willing to go through some of that. So what happens is Mm. most of the time it's in tears. Tears are a physical manifestation of pain leaving the body. You cannot put them back. Mm -hmm. It's when the dynamics change. But it's not just tears. Coughing, things that were unexpressed, things that you didn't feel validated for, anger, Anger can come out in the mad tears or the rage tears. But honestly, when people are ragey, I have them face down and I have them scream and yell and Uh say what they need to say, but I've got their body. So I'm filling back in what they're releasing so that you don't leave, you you leave exhausted. If you've had an emotional release, you Uh feel like you've got your tail kicked, but the next day you feel like a new person. Oh, so true. Gosh, boy, we, we would make a good team, girl. We really, I know. Yeah, we would make a great team. There's a um, lot to be done out there. I there's do. a lot, there's a lot to be done. And it, it's so true because when you don't understand the body in this way, and I've had many clients myself who have come to me traumatized from being hospitalized and feeling like they had that rage and nobody knows what to do with that. And so I love the way you know what to do with that rage. And so they they just say, oh, you're not safe to be around. And I can totally understand that, that we, we always think of safety first. But then there's another thing where they're having an emotional release and they need that support. You can see in that example where you have to understand the whole body, right? Whole body healing. This is why I put them face down though. Because if they're in a rage, you don't want them face up where they could grab you. Yes. yes. Everything's a safe thing, you know? And also you got to think for massage, you're naked or with underwear on. You're very, very vulnerable. And you're under blankets. I do a sheet and a blanket and a heating pad and all the stuff. And you only expose the part that you're working on. And that's all. It's just so, so important because basically if you're on my table, you're mine. You're at my mercy. And it's important that I respect the safe space. I respect yeah. and create the safe yeah. space, the non-judge space. But massage is, is such a different game. 
I mean, so few people that are writing these books or that understand the body are body workers. And, you know, tapping is the closest that comes to it. And it's so valid. But I am a one-on-one, hands-on person. And if yeah. you're going to cry, I want you to cry. I want you to scream. I want you to rage. I want you to sweat. When your yeah. body starts sweating and shaking and all these memories come out, or you can yeah. say anything yeah. you want to say, because guess what? Yeah. Ethically, by law, unless you are a danger I yes. will not and cannot repeat. Yes. So I always give a talk. I give people this, this conversation yeah. before we get on the table. Sure. You're going to get the best of your comfort. Um, yeah. I do need your bra off. You can keep your underwear on. You will be draped. This is a safe space. I'm not friends with any of your friends. You may say anything you want to say. <laughs> I love it. Talk about anything you want to talk oh, about. This is I love safe it. Space. But you know what? I don't give a lot of advice because I'm not a counselor. Yeah. I'm yeah. a body worker. So what I'm doing yeah. is I'm dialoguing with your body. Nice. I'm not doing the counsel. So I always, always say EMDR therapy, hypnotherapy, psychotherapy, talk therapy, yes. DBT. I don't care what it is. Go yeah. get it. But now you finally can listen to the body because without that, if you're just going to stay in the mind, yeah. people keep thinking the mind leads the body and it does, yeah. but it also the body leads the mind. Right. And you can and go I, either way, but go both. You have yeah. to go both. And I love the way it, it really is the whole body and, and you're giving people permission to try many things. You're saying it's not just one thing and we're all in this together and everybody kind of stick to their specialty because right. it gets a little messy when people don't have it and then they cross that line. Exactly. And that, that is happening out there because it is an industry that some of the industry is not regulated. Like the Correct. Yoga, yoga industry is not regulated. Massage. And, Massage is not regulated yeah. as much. Yeah. And you know, you have to think, so for you as a, psych- yeah. as a psychologist, right? Yes. Uh, for you that does the work that you do, you don't have a license to touch. I have yes. a license to touch. Yes. So if somebody comes to you and they're traumatized and in your mind, you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could yes. just hug you. Yes. I can. Yes, you I can. can. <laughs> I, I can actually, you. Yes. Because of my lymphatic work, I'm, yes. the only, I'm the only licensed practitioner that can work on breast. I don't yeah. work on breast unless you've had breast cancer yeah. or unless you've had breast surgery. There would yeah. never be a reason for me to ever touch someone's breast under any other circumstance. Right. But if they've had surgery, because I work on chronic swelling is my clinical work. Okay. So I work on people about 10 days out from surgery. Or I work on people if they have a chronic condition called lymphedema, which happens usually from radiation. And now the part that would drain a limb, the, the armpits, you know, they get swollen when you're sick, no longer drain. Okay. So I manually move the liquid past the armpits to another part of the body that can. Wow. So that requires me to touch all but the nipple, the actual nipple. So my work is incredibly intimate yeah. and professional, yeah. and it requires a very, very different set of yeah. skills and touch. And that's why I can write books like this because I work on people. I won't work on somebody that's going through cancer treatment because in the body, when you're messing with the lymphatic, that's their plumbing system. You can spread. Yeah. A lot uh-huh. of people disagree with that. There's research from both sides in my yeah. heart of heart and from my work. I will yeah. not treat someone in active treatment for cancer, but I will treat when you're in remission and have lymphedema or yeah. I will treat if you're terminal and you need comfort. But this is, this is why you're so informative. Is, is this some of what you have in your book? Yes. Give information about people of not just what is available, yes. but what, what how that is find. all about. Yes. And, and how to find an ethics, I think is important. You have to ask for credentials. Right. You must. Yeah. 
You yeah. must be bold enough to yeah. ask for credentials. Because honestly, like I treat a little yeah. girl who has lymphedema. I've been treating her since she was 13. She's 25. Yeah. I've treated yeah. her almost all her life. Yes. And a person that I used to work with, who I yeah. actually gave my practice to while I was doing the training, yeah. lied and said she had the practice herself. And she worked on that girl first with yes. oil, which you never do. You never, ever touch a, a lymphatic. It's a yeah. skin stretching. So there's yeah. no lotion. There's no oil. And this person did a full Swedish massage starting yeah. at the limb, which is the last place because the lymphatic is a negative system. So you have to clear yeah. all the paths before you get to where you're treating. Yes. This girl full on lied. And she was a yoga friend of mine, a student of mine. I yeah. mentored her and she full lied. And when I called her and said, I hear you're treating this person for lymphedema. She goes, yeah, I am. And wow. I said, you're treating them for lymphedema. I went to the school wow. and checked her credentials before I called her. And yeah. then I said, where did you get your training? You know what she wow. said to me? F wow. you. It hung up on me. No way. Yes, I've never talked to her since. Well, you know, and it, and, and it is and it is happening. And full disclosure on my part, my license is actually in, in school psychology. I worked in the schools and I, I teach psychology as a professor. When it comes to an emotional detox, I'm just, I'm using all the mind body of teaching people sure. feelings um, without touch or manipulation or getting into their past or counseling or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is. It is happening out there. And it's interesting because a lot of people have asked me to train them in what I do. And I've told people, you know, it's on its way, but I'm not there yet. And the reason I'm not there yet, I have, you're going to learn from me through osmosis anyway, right? If you're doing session work or you're reading my books or you're doing, taking my classes. Um, And the reason being is that's exactly what I don't want to happen. I don't want... Half I don't want to be the creator of that. And, I don't want to be the creator then, of a practice like that. No. And then a me- and then my method getting watered down or misused or abused or taken advantage of. I'm just not there, and we'll see. That's what I tell people. But you're still learning. We're all still learning from each other. But you do have to be careful. This is amazing. So can you let people know where you are? Because some people are going to want to get in touch with you. Are you? Where do you live? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm south of Atlanta now, and I'm not currently in practice. What I do, I still work. I still work on that little girl with lymphedema every week. She is my always. She's my constant. I worked on her when I was pregnant. I worked on her with my baby hanging off and the baby Bjorn. I will always work on her. Because I have such a specific skill set, if somebody needs me, me specifically, then I'll consider working on them. But if if they need someone else that can do the work that I do, then I'm really happy to to recommend because I don't have an office anymore. Um, And it's also exhausting. It's exhausting work. I don't do a one hour session. I can't do a one hour session because if somebody comes in and they start releasing, I'm in there till they're in there. So that means that like we have to clear our schedule. And I don't charge per hour. I charge one flat fee. I don't charge on the back end. I don't do any of that stuff. So it's very valuable time. And it's like, I did have a person drive up from another state the day before I met you in New York. And I went and treated at my naturopath's office an hour and a half away from me that I drove to go see her in a safe space in a professional setting because she read my book and really wanted the work from me. But as a general, like, yeah, if you need me, call me and I'm a really great matchmaker for who you should see. For awesome. healing. Different people come to my mind and I think, oh, this person's awesome. 
That's awesome. That's great that you're willing to do that. I also think that if you are in training to be a massage therapist or any kind of body worker, cranial sacral therapy, it's funny. I just talked to somebody who is in training to be a cranial sacral therapist. And I did share about your book. I think this book needs to be in the curriculum. That's what I believe. I think it needs to be in the curriculum and also doctor's offices. If you're a nurse, if you're um, someone in counselor, This is a reference book. Remember, she's created something that is going to give people information that is non-judgmental, that's unbiased. She understands it all. Her daughter's in recovery. How much better you can do than that, guys? Her Her book, again, is called Whole Body Healing. Create your own path to physical, emotional, energetic, and spiritual wellness. Get it now, please, pre-order, because it's really important to create awareness with people. It's really important that we pre-order books. It's the most that authors can kind of get themselves out there in the world and let people know that this material exists. So if you're even hemming and hawing on it, please get it now and let it surprise you in May. Emily, this has been amazing. I'm sure you're going to be back on again. Is there any final tips you have for people that you want to share before we sign off. I I always say this, your body is full of magic and wisdom. Mm -hmm. And there is so much opportunity to heal out there that meets the eye. There are different practices from all over the world that approach the body with the same awe and reverence that another approach would do, but they come at it with different beliefs and different angles. And I just, I hope that you consider this book because it really is both sides. That's it. That's what I've got for you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. I hope this was helpful for everyone out there. You're welcome. And uh, just a reminder to everyone, your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. Until next time, be well, everybody. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the Emotional Detox Live Group Coaching Sessions and all of Sherrianna's books, go to sherriannaboyle.com.